Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today is Tuesday, also known as Fat Tuesday to... uh, Catholics, if there's any still listening to the program after Fat, Fat Tuesday, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tomorrow's Ash Wednesday, yeah, uh, the start of the season of Lent, yeah. Um, not really a thing that, uh, you know, that I uh, historically, uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> you're blowing my ear. My bad, my bad. <laughs> all right, that's all good. At least we're on the air today. Huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Steve, good job. You got us going today. We're out there. No, it's good to be. Uh, here with you, Taylor, and um, you know, um, yeah, it's Ash Wednesday tomorrow, but that's not something I really do a lot with either. I mean, yeah. like, uh, I'm, I've never uh, observed Lent historically, never really even looked into it too much. I do know where Easter eggs come from, though. <laughs> you do, yeah, and actually, it, it does tie to Lent. So, um, uh, traditionally, people would give up meat uh, for Lent, uh-huh. and so then that would include. Uh, Easter eggs, and so they didn't have anything to do with them, and they started decorating them. Mm-hmm. So that's where that comes from. I learned that uh, about a week ago. Well, apparently, um, you know, if you look at the big picture thing, take it out of the the denominational background. I mean, historically, Lent's supposed to be a time of prayer and sacrifice um, and stuff in preparation for Easter. I guess looking forward um to to what Christ did on the cross um uh the word lent itself actually comes from a word that means spring hmm. um uh or springtide um and so it's it's this time of year and uh I know it's 40 days because of uh Jesus's uh 40 days in the wilderness yeah um, some people fast for one day, some people do it for a couple of days, some do one little thing for 40 days, they'll say, I'm just going to give this up for Lent. Um, but, you know, um, but when you, the whole idea of fasting, we talked about this a long time ago, fasting in the Bible was was really an intense praying time. And if you want to have an intense praying time, that's a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, fasting in and of itself is nothing without the prayer. To just give something up uh, would be like a motorcycle sidecar without a motorcycle if you don't have prayer associated with it. And so, um, yeah, Lent uh, became pretty normative after about AD 300, I think, mm. when uh, the whole Council of Nicaea, you know, did their thing. And um, so, anyway, all that to say, um, you know, I, I, I kind of treat it like I do eat meat. If people want to do it, power to them. Uh, but if you're going to fast biblically, that's the bi- biblical fasting was an intense praying, so much so that you were focused on the prayer and not food. 
And I think uh, <clears throat> as far as, you know, I don't, I don't know what Lent is now, but the original intent behind it was that, right, to be mm. uh, praying and, and fasting and uh, consecrating yourself uh, to, to God and, and, you know, your Christian mission and duty. Um, and not so much now, especially if any evangelicals uh, follow it. I don't know how much that really comes into play in their thinking. Well, it's funny because when Lent was originally established, uh, like in Jerusalem in the church over there, uh, they uh, people would fast for 40 days, but only Monday through Friday. So Saturday and Sunday. Mm. So it would actually uh, last for eight weeks, uh, an eight-week time period. Uh, in Rome and the West, people would fast for six weeks. They would go Monday through Saturday. <laughs> and so, and eventually it just became fasting for six days a week over six weeks. That's just typically what it is. And Ash Wednesday was uh, the number of fast days before Easter. That's mm-hmm. when it starts. So, uh, but there are different rules for fasting. And as you read it a lot of times, it almost sounds like the Pharisee rules, like do this, do this. Nothing you do for Lent or because of Lent makes you more holy to God than anything else. The only thing that makes you holy is Jesus himself. And so, uh, again, going back to the whole eating meat, not eating meat, that's kind of how I I treated it. I've got friends that do it. and I know people even within non-denominational churches that do it, and they talk about it. And so if they want to do that, power to them. Um, (laughs) you know <laughs> you're, you're uh, like now would be a good time to pray yeah. for ukraine the believers over there for believers in other parts of the world um uh, i can assure you believers in russia probably are not having a good time either believers in china and other countries uh speaking of the whole russian ukraine thing it's uh gone into its sixth day and apparently there's a 40 mile long caravan of army vehicles but they still are having supply chain issues because um, of COVID. I heard no. <laughs> <was a> Sorry. <laughs> I heard they were having supply chain issues because they had trucks that they couldn't go anywhere because they didn't have gas. And so, uh, but they uh, have been intensifying their missile attacks and their mortar attacks. And apparently, um, I don't know if it was Ukraine that made this accusation or I, I, I think it was uh, uh, accused them of using a bomb that basically sucked the air out of the environment and incinerated. Any, I mean, it just vaporized people that were around it. And so, <laughs> it, you know, in war, it cracks me up as a, as a former Marine when people go, we need to have an you, you know, you got to be humane. I mean, war is war. Yeah. And so it's kind of like a fight for life. If you're, if you're, if you're fighting somebody as a law enforcement officer, as a military guy, and your job is to keep them from hurting people, it's whatever means necessary keeps them from hurting somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so does it really matter if a bomb is more humane than another bomb? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm serious. I mean, like whether it's a cluster bomb or whether it's this vacuum bomb, I mean, like to me, it's. Yeah, I mean, I'm that just speaking bad, from right? a biblical. Uh, I mean, not, I'm speaking from, you know, uh, trying to see this from a Christian worldview. Like it would be much more humane 
to be gone instantly, <laughs> I would think, than to have any kind of chance yeah. of not, you know, don't you think? Yeah, you know, and yeah, I don't know all the ins and outs of the different types of munitions and things like that, but um, yeah, you know, that kind of my view of it is yeah, war is war, things are going to happen that way, and as far as I know, I don't think those are those you know, like internationally banned or something like, I don't know. Well, they just, I know that it's not like it's mustard gas. No, no. And that, but that, that, those kind of things, you know, create long-term issues for people that don't die from it Mm -hmm. uh, or they die after a long time of, 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 of going through a lot of agony. So anyway, uh, we do need to keep the people over in Ukraine uh, prayed up, pray for them, pray for the leader, pray for, uh, Zelensky and those to have wisdom. Uh, I don't know that I'm hearing anybody praying for Putin to have wisdom, <laughs> uh, which is probably a good thing because he is, I mean, literally when you stop and think about what he did to sovereignly go, I mean, to go into a sovereign nation that doesn't provoke an attack that doesn't do, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I would say, I would think that from the Russian perspective, but you know, he, felt painted into a corner i would think but that doesn't justify um, are you talking about putin putin yeah Yeah. felt put into a corner just kind of with what's gone on in the last you know yeah but what i'm saying is it's not like ukraine sent troops over into Mm -hmm. russia or they bombed russia or they did anything terroristic against russia right they were existing he didn't like some of the things they were requiring as i guess he wanted more control of the pipelines that went through there or some other things like that? There was a few things, you know, uh, we in the United States uh, sponsored a color revolution there in the Ukraine in 2014. Before that, there was a... Well, yeah, because there was a guy in there that Putin replaced with one of his guys. Well, he was elected, though, by the people, and from all things, it was supposedly a fair election, and we didn't like that, so we removed, uh, got him removed, and so I think there was some bad feeling... Uh, there and that that ends up directly threatening uh you know russia and you know ukraine is a buffer state and the buffer state has a a difficult dance to to play um with two powers on each side and it can't get too uh you know belligerent towards one and not expect some reprisal so you're seeing a little bit of that and that doesn't mean that uh, that putin's still not a bad dude i mean he's a you know he's the head of a, a corrupt oligarchy and he's killed you know his opponents so would you agree that he's a megalomaniac i've never met him (laughs) you know i I would say that historically okay based on his actions and what he's doing i mean like i would uh, say historically uh russia has been very strategic in their aims and they've been able to limit their uh you know not allow mission creep to set in and and Mm -hmm. been able to limit limit their uh objectives Mm -hmm. and stick to those so kind of what's going on now is a little bit like Okay, where is this coming from? Because um, it was a little uh, un- unexpected, at least for me. I thought that they were just going to go for those uh, regions there in, in the Donbass area um, and kind of limit themselves to that. And I don't think they would have really had much fuss from the West. But uh, when you go full scale, you know, people are going to be upset about that. So I think there's a different calculus in Russia um, that you're really not hearing a lot from, you know, Western pundits about what's going on there, except for he's just an insane, uh, power-hungry tyrant, which I think he probably is. But I, I, I think there's maybe a little bit more uh, going on there for a guy to stay in power for 30 years or however long it's been, 
Well, he, he came he in. He came in. Well, he came into power in '99. Yeah. Okay, but he was part of Yeltsin's thing before yeah, yeah. that, and so uh, he's had yeah a keep, long history there. Yeah, keep praying for the people of the Ukraine who are uh, struggling right now. Yeah. There's a lot of civilians who are not soldiers mm-hmm. who have nothing to do right now. They they have no place to go. They're just trapped. So we need to. Pray for mercy on those people, for yeah, sure. for sure. All right, we will be back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is Brandon Heath with Give Me Your Eyes. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 14, verses 1 through 7 this week. Uh, Yesterday, we focused on uh, walking with perseverance. And today, we're going to be getting into speaking with his passion. If you missed anything from uh, yesterday, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Again, that's www.swatradio.com. Click on the past programs link. There you'll be able to find our full catalog of programs, including yesterday's. And then this one will be available as well in just about an hour or two after we finish. Um, you know, we're going to get into Acts 14, 1 through 7, looking specifically today at speaking with his passion, talking about God's passion for people. And uh, that's uh, one, of the, uh, one of the things we draw out of the text of Paul and Barnabas this week as they're um, in Iconium. And we shared yesterday, uh, or I shared that as I was um, talking about uh, going into this text, it was on the heels of learning that um, one of my friends had gone home to be with the Lord the weekend prior, uh, Steve Farrar. Uh, Steve was uh, 72. He was uh, a dad, a husband, uh, a uh, grandfather, and uh, his mom's still alive, so his mom wow. lived with him. And um, But he went home to be with the Lord um uh, a couple of weeks ago, 
And uh, they're actually going to have a uh, memorial service uh, on March 6th at Stonebriar Community Church. Chuck Swindoll is a pastor. Uh, and you can actually uh, go online and watch the memorial service. Uh, it's uh, steveferrar.com, and it has a link on there. There's also a link to give to the Steve Ferrar Fund, which uh, uh, is through the National Christian Foundation, and it's uh, going to be distributed to some of Steve's favorite ministries. But Steve had a huge impact on me and a lot of men, and um at the beginning of the program yesterday, when I was talking about Steve and his passing, I just thought of uh, the way he dealt with issues was the way Paul dealt with uh, the Ephesian elders in Acts 20 when he says, I don't count my life of any value or as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course. So Steve had this rock-solid um, focus um, about the Bible in anything related to biblical truth, he would not compromise. And he was a very huge inspiration to a lot of people in that way that he just wanted to get God's word out there. He was, um, he was very passionate about leading men, teaching men so they could be the point men in their families and in their churches. And he wrote a book called point man. And, uh, I think the, uh, updated version is coming out in April. Uh, he, he had worked on that update for a couple of years, and uh, it, it's released in April. Um, but um, he finished well. And that's really what we're talking about this week as we look at Acts 14, 1 through 7. Paul and Barnabas, you know, they started off being sent out from uh, Antioch, not Antioch of Pisidia. They went to Antioch of Pisidia, but they started off at Antioch, the third largest city of the, the world at that time. And uh, they were commissioned by the elders there and sent out to go take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And in every city, they would go into the synagogues first because you go to the Jew first. That's what Jesus did, and that's what they did because the Jews had the Torah. They had the Old Testament writings. And so they would go there in hopes of getting them to fulfill their role as priest to the rest of the world. And so we saw... Um, what Paul wrote Timothy in action and Paul and Barnabas, what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so Paul was doing this. And when he wrote Timothy in second Timothy three, he says, you follow my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience and love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me in Antioch. He's talking there about Antioch at Pisidia, at Iconium and Lystra. And that's what we're looking at today, the one in Iconium, what happened to him there. But he went through a tough time, but he persevered. And that's really what we focused on um, yesterday. Uh, That's one of the marks of an effective minister to finish faithful is to walk with perseverance. But today we're going to look at this idea of speaking with his passion, meaning God's passion. They spoke not just as people who were on a mission to deliver a message, but they spoke that message with passion. And I don't know, uh, Taylor, you're pretty young. I mean, in the big scheme of life, I mean, um, when you think about people speaking the gospel, 
are there people that really speak with passion today? Are there people that really, I'm not talking about proclaiming in a church where Mm. people are coming. I'm talking about people that are speaking to the people on the outside. Mm. When you speak with passion to people outside the church about Jesus, what kind of response do you get Uh, in our culture? Not a not a positive one usually i mean there's there's videos online on youtube there's a guy uh apologia church have you heard of them jeff Durbin. yeah we, we've talked about him yeah. before he has some on the street videos at like abortion clinics and stuff but other, you know outside of him i don't think there's like many people that i can think of of really engaging but when he goes out i mean you see a lot of vitriol uh put his way yeah and and we're not just talking about standing on a street corner that's one way to do it but I'm speaking about just being on an airplane with somebody mm-hmm. and speaking to them as if their eternal destiny matters instead of telling them something that you think they ought to know. There's a difference between telling somebody something they ought to know because it's just the right thing and telling something that's going to make uh, an eternal difference in their life. I mean, think about that, the implications of that. And so as we look at the text, I'm going to have you read again, one through seven, and we want to look at how Paul and Barnabas spoke with the passion of God here and what it says in the text to indicate that that was the way they were speaking because they were faithful ministers and they were going to finish faithful. Uh, they were not going to be stopped. That's why they were persevering. But they also weren't going to be quiet, compromising in their message either. And so read the text and we'll come back and we're going to look specifically Uh, at this idea of speaking with his passion today. All right. Now at Iconium, they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders, wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided, some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. When an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and, fl- and fled to Lystra and Derbe. Lystra. Lystra, excuse me. You said it right yesterday. I was yeah, like, yeah. wow, go Taylor, you got it, man. <laughs> Cities of Lycaonia and to the surrounding country, and there they continued to preach the gospel. That is the word of the Lord. And they did speak with passion. Notice, uh, Taylor, when you uh, read verse 1, it says they spoke how when they went into the synagogue? They spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. Now, what's interesting to me is it says at Iconium, they entered together into the Jewish synagogue. And they spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. If there were any Greeks in the synagogue, guess what? They were God-fearers. They were people that were, did you notice that there? Did you think about that? Because when we read this text, a lot of times we just go through stuff. But the Greeks and the Jews were there in the synagogue. That's where it says that he tied that into where he was speaking and he spoke in such a way that it says a great number of them believed. Um, that's uh, that was pretty, pretty uh, 
it's a pretty good witness of how they spoke, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. That that they were speaking in such a way that Luke wrote that word there, and that the way he he recorded that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that there was a different way in which they spoke. There there was an amplification on the way they spoke. And it appears that it was spirit-filled. Obviously, they were being obedient to God there. The Spirit was speaking through them because people believed. That's People can't believe without the Spirit revealing it. And it was Spirit-energized. Uh, anytime we have a tendency in the West, especially when we hear somebody teaching God's word to assign to that person, the oratory ability, the, um, you know, if we, if we're really ministered to, we tend to focus our gratitude on that person rather than on the God who is speaking through that person. Mm -hmm. And clearly with Paul and Barnabas, when they are speaking in such a way that a great number believe, they are proclaiming the gospel in a spirit-filled way, a spirit-energized way, and these people believed. But it says the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles who were would have made up a larger part of the city, or maybe the Gentiles there didn't believe. There were Gentiles that didn't believe. Maybe it was only Jewish people who believed, but it says they stirred up the Gentiles and poison their minds. And verse 3 says what? So they remained a long time speaking what? Boldly. And that word boldly doesn't mean courageous boldly. It just means articulating clearly. No compromise on the message. And when we come back, I want to pick up on that uh, with some of Paul's other writings to the Corinth and some places where he talks about the way he preached and I want us to think about, when we think about a preacher today, how our preaching we listen to today and our expectations are in line with what Paul said about himself as he delivered the gospel. All right, so make sure you stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Chainbreaker by Zach Williams. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. Just before the break, we were talking about uh, what our what we're going to be focusing on all day is speaking with his passion, uh, touched on the way that um, the apostle Paul and Barnabas uh, preached while they were in uh, Iconium and uh, speaking in such a way 
that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. And then right before the break, we're talking about speaking boldly and uh, what that means there. And about to get into what Paul uh, talks about in some of his writings uh, that correspond with that. Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking, Taylor, before we went to the break uh, about what boldly means there. Boldly was used. That Luke used the same word back in uh, Acts uh, 13 uh, when he was talking about the way they shared. And the word there means to articulate clearly with no compromise. Um, in other words, when you when you're sharing and people don't like what you're sharing, uh, instead of trying to dilute that message and make it plausible, mm. palatable, whatever, you know, I, I've actually heard people say, well, you know what, you got to give them some ice cream to take the medicine down with or something. Mm. To me, th- there's a difference between changing a medium to get the message to them because of culture in changing the message to make it more palatable. It's not our job to make the message palatable. It's our job to to be loving in how we communicate to people, to have a heart's desire that they know God and come to Christ and come to follow him. But God is the one who is the evangelist through us, right? As, as Paul says, we're his ambassadors as though he's speaking through us to these people. And I think sometimes we uh, lose sight of that fact that he he does that. We, When we are sharing the gospel, we share what he's done in our life, and we share uh, that's testimony that bridges the gap to them to let them see that we really believe what we say. And I think when they spoke in a way, it says they spoke in a way, in such a way there, one of the things that you got to believe the message yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think well, I say that my wife says, you say, I think too much. <laughs> uh, you, when you speak a message, if you don't believe it, it shows Yeah, true or false. No. Yeah, that's true. If, if somebody is speaking a message to you about a product mm. and they don't believe it, they're just trying to get a sale. Can you see that? Yeah. It shines through in the same way. If you really believe in a product, it sells itself through you because your excitement over it, your your um, endorse—I mean, your not your endorsement, but your your believability index is really high because you're talking about it with passion. Mm-hmm. I think there I go again. Uh, <laughs> I gotta watch it. We uh, we don't do that. We don't do that in this culture. It, it's almost as if it's an obligation to share the gospel with people. we got to get it done, kind of like the car guy who has to go make a sale before the end of the month. Um, and when you get out of your car, he says, hey, can I help you today? When what he really is trying to do is sell a car because he's got to meet his quota. Do you really feel like he wants to help you? You're hoping that both your goals can meet together. Our primary objective in sharing with people is that we are priests and witnesses for the Most High God. And if we don't do that with a passion, what does it say about our God that we serve? What do people see through us 
if we don't talk about him with passion and we don't take seriously what's happening to the people without him in their life. And so Paul and Barnabas are speaking boldly. They're not, I mean, Paul talks about this in first Corinthians when he wrote the Corinthian church. Remember he wrote to Corinth and they were dealing with a lot of sexual immorality, um, a, a lot of struggles between people. Remember some said, uh, I was baptized by Paul. Mm-hmm. I was baptized by Apollos and, and they were fighting over who baptized who and claiming loyalty to different people. And Paul comes in there and he says, when I came to you, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. He said, I came, I decided to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. This is first Corinthians two. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling and my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So you're on a search committee for a church. You're looking for a new pastor to come in and teach the people. And this is the feedback people bring back. Yeah, we went to hear him, but you know, he didn't speak very well. I mean, his, he was, uh, kind of plain, plain Jane, um, didn't even seem very smart when he spoke. He he did teach the word, but uh, he actually seemed a little afraid when he was up there speaking. Um, and uh, but he preached the word. He did preach it. Uh, he believed it, but just not probably what we're used to. What are you going to say to that? You're on that committee. I mean, most people are going, well, we need to cross that guy off. (laughs) People aren't going to be entertained. They're not going to come back. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. Because we've become such consumers in the American church that we are driven more by the personality of the preacher than the content of his message. Yeah, and I think, you know, with, with that passage. See, you said I think, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not just me, Lori. It's Taylor, too. <laughs> I didn't get the admonition not to say it, though. So That's um, true. No, she was just saying that, you know, God God doesn't care about what, <laughs> what we you think. think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but It's that, really true. Yeah. In that verse, you know, he t- talks about not coming with, like, flowery language and stuff like that. And I think that's a, a, a part of that, too, is that there's a, there you can deceive people with flowery language, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And there's a pastor, um, he, he's more of a political pundit, but he calls himself a pastor um, called, uh, I, I won't say his name, but he like says that all these big, huge words that he, I think he tries to impress people with the, what he's, the words that he's using. But if you get into the content of what he's saying, it's, it's not biblical, right? And there's people who can get led And that's a, big, that's a big problem, though, because what's his role? And we're going to look at this tomorrow is to be a priest. Mm-hmm. And if he's not using the book, if he's yeah. not explaining the book. This is what happens, though, when people – there's, there's a couple of different ways to preach the Bible, obviously. But when you topically preach without expositing, it's easy for you to talk more about 
things and take things out of context to try to justify a what could be a truth of the Bible, but you're not getting any out of the text. When you're explaining where it is in the text, you have the authority of the Scripture that's giving the meaning there. And and uh, a lot of people, I don't know, they, they would rather hear people tell a bunch of stories than get up and explain the Bible. People's stories don't have the ability to change your life. God's Word is what changes our heart. His Word is a light to my path. Yeah. You and, know? Yeah, and then, you know, and then even going into flowery language, even if you are, um, you know, trying to stay with the Word, but you're speaking in such a way that it's people get the perception that, oh, he's really impressed with himself. It's gonna, it could be a turnoff to people, which, you know, the Word convicts regardless, but it, it, it there's, I think, something to be said about uh our own arrogance that can come into play in how we present things just because we want to sound good and intelligent and uh, like, like we know everything. Right. And we know all these big words and vocabulary. You should listen to me because of that instead of, Hey, this is what the Bible says. This is the truth and let the, and let the truth speak for itself. Well, um, as we, as we look at this, you know, Paul's continued, um, you know, when he goes on in uh, his continued um, letter to the Corinthians there in First Corinthians 2, he goes on to say, among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. I think there, there I go again, uh, <laughs> there, there's a infatuation with the... Um, the age we live in, the knowledge, yeah. mm-hmm. the technology, the to think we can know the yeah, yeah. the wisdom of it, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. That. That's I was just saying that there's there's this infatuation with that wisdom to think I could go in there and grab this wisdom and possess the wisdom, yeah. and now I'm somebody. In fact, you and I have talked about it before on social media. People post stuff. They don't know where it's come from. They don't know how it's even. Uh, what's it called in English when you footnote? Uh, you 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 give credit to something. Annotate. Yeah, you, that we don't know where it's annotated to the, mm-hmm. the the sources of anything, but they quote it as authoritative based on pulling it from Google or yeah. pulling it from you know wherever they get it. Yeah, and I think there's a temptation too. Well, there I go again. So I think, <laughs> See, now we're going to yeah. be thinking about that the whole time. But um, you know, I think <laughs> you see it. Uh, <laughs> see, it makes you think, right? <laughs> yeah. You see it though in kind of the way some of these big, uh, well-known evangelical leaders who are kind of well-known to the world and buddy buddy with them is that they take that knowledge and try to incorporate it in with the gospel in a way that they th- oh it, it'll be palatable instead of just this is the word. This is the wisdom from the word. Not this is, you know, the the wisdom of the world incorporated with it. And ooh, see how cool and trendy we are. And that's a fallacy. That's that's not good. Well, when we come back, we're going to look at verse seven, where it says they continued to preach the gospel. They continued to speak with passion even after bold opposition. And the word there in verse 7 is euangelion. We've talked about that before. We're going to pick up on it, and then we'll close up, and people can call in if they want to call in. All right, so stick with us. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. That is Brother by Need to Breathe. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 14, verses 1 through 7 this week. Today we're focusing on uh, speaking with his passion. We talked uh, yesterday about walking with uh, perseverance, not presence, excuse me. Uh, If you would like to join the discussion, we're going to finish up uh, talking about um, speaking with his passion, and we would love to have you call in and join us, uh, ask any questions that you may have. You can do that at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. On speaking with his passion, we've been looking in verse 1 where it says they spoke in such a way. Uh, Verse 3, it says they they spoke boldly, which means to articulate clearly, no compromise. And we we looked at Paul's uh, letter to the Corinthians where he said in 1 Corinthians 2, I didn't use lofty speech or words of wisdom. And in verse 7, it's interesting of, of chapter 14 of Acts because it says there they cont- they went to Lystra and Derby, So they leave Iconium, again, which is there's a city over in Turkey today called Konya, K-O-N-Y-A. That's what this city is. Uh, it's one of the oldest cities in the, the world. And they went to Lystra and Derby, and it says they continued to preach the gospel. And the word there for preach the gospel is the word euangelion. And euangelion was a secular word uh, that was used, uh, and it was only used three times when you euangelion something. It, it means good news. Uh, it's where we get the word evangelize or evangelist from. The evangelist would stand up in the city square and he would announce good news. And there were three things that he could euangelion. One was when a new emperor was born. Two was when a new emperor was coronated. Three was a great military victory for an emperor. That was the only time that that guy got up on that city square and proclaimed good news like that. 
And that's the word that uh, Luke uses here and says they continued to euangelion the gospel. And so if you go to Romans 10, and we've mentioned this on air before in in the teaching, uh, in Romans 10, where Paul is talking over in 1014 about how will they call on those whom they've not heard believed? How are they to believe of whom they've not heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, and he quotes from Isaiah 52 here, how beautiful are the feet of those who euangelion the good news. Well, if you go back to Isaiah 52, uh, verse 7, which is the, that's where he's quoting from, where Paul's quoting from, and read where it says in the text for the first time, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news. In the Septuagint, which is the Greek transcript of the Old Testament, that word there for good news is euangelion. It's the same word. And he tells what euangelion is in verse 7. Who publishes peace? Who who euangelion's happiness? Who publishes salvation? Who says to Zion, your God reigns? And I believe that a lot of you know people today in our culture want peace. Well, what is peace? They want happiness. What is happiness? They want salvation from something. It could be salvation from a bad marriage, salvation from drugs, salvation from uh, relational heartbreak, salvation from a lot of different things. And so they they run to Jesus like they run to alcohol or like they run mm-hmm. to drugs, almost as a salving agent, and it feels good for a while. But it's almost a temporary thing because the way they turn to Jesus is not as their Lord, not as their king, not as part of his kingdom. They just want him to come fix this problem in their life, like Simon the magician wanted power. But at the end of verse 7 of Isaiah 52, when he says, who says to Zion, your God reigns, that is the most comforting part of the euangelion, the good news. If you know that God reigns, then it doesn't matter if it's Putin or she or whoever thinks that they have the strongest military nukes, whatever. Our God laughs at that. Our God laughed at the, the, the one true living God, Yahweh, laughs at the Nebuchadnezzars of the world. He laughs at the Sennacheribs of the world, the people that go, you can cry out to your God, so did everybody else. I'll do to you what I did to them. And what did God do? He killed 185,000 men with one angel because he's God. He is Yahweh. And so when it says, this is good news, peace, salvation, and your God reigns, if you believe that, then when you speak for that God, there's going to be a spiritual energy there, his energy. There's going to be a spiritual power there, his power. And there's definitely going to be a spirit filling there, which really you're in obedience to him. If you know you represent that God, 
and you're talking to this person, whether they're on an airplane, on a street corner, or at a restaurant, you should be excited that God is using you to represent him to that person. I don't believe we really grasp that most of the time when we try to speak to people because we speak in our flesh. When you speak in your flesh, you're going to get fleshly results. Uh, back in uh, Psalms, it says, unless the Lord builds a house, he who labors builds in vain. Uh, it's the same with anything. Our first response before we ever open our mouth to anybody about God or Jesus is to open our mouth to Jesus or God about that person. If we're not talking with him and communing with him, we're going to be ministering in our flesh to people. And and that's going to yield a, a temporary and a lot of times disappointing result. Uh, Paul and Barnabas were men who spoke with his passion. They, they walked with perseverance when they encountered difficulties and they spoke, they were spirit filled. They were spirit energized. And, you know, in Romans nine, Paul said he had great sorrow and unceasing anguish for those people that weren't believing. I don't know that we feel that. I mean, I, I, I want to feel that. Right. I would like for us as a church to feel that. But do we really feel the kind of anguish Paul felt when he looked? How could he feel that? He was communing with the Most High God regularly, and as he did, he looked at the people that were supposed to be getting it, not getting it, and it literally broke his heart. Didn't Paul at one point, I would say, go farther than that and say, like, if he could bear the punishment for people, he would? He said, I wish I could be cursed, yeah. like I could go to hell for yeah. him. Yeah, that's pretty far. Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's a long way, and that's what he said. And that's and, someone who you know reflects the heart of God, though. Mm-hmm. You know, that, 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 that that's God's heart. In Jesus him. did yeah. take our punishment. He did. And so as we look at this second element of finishing faithful, which at first we talked about yesterday, walking with perseverance, and then speaking with his passion, we see that in Paul again. This letter of of the Acts of the Apostles is not an instructive letter so much as it's a historical letter, kind of telling us what happened. But we can learn from watching Paul and Barnabas and how they interacted. And I hope this is encouraging to you as you um, as as you think about what Paul was going through. And we're gonna we're gonna see tomorrow that we're not only to walk with perseverance or speak with his passion, but we're to serve as his priest and priestess. Mm. So if you're out there and you're not serving the most high God, and I don't mean by that, you know, I mean, it is included in serving in your local church, but I'm talking about in your world, when you're in your world, your sphere of influence, you are an ambassador, a priest ambassador of the Most High God. When that party went out from the Ukrainian president to go represent him to Putin's people, they you think they got to say what they wanted to say over there? They went and they took a message from the president, just like Putin's people, his ambassadors took a message. 
the message from the Ukrainian president was, we ain't surrendering. That was the message. And if people want to give you that message, that's fine. That's not on you. That's not on you. Our job is not what they say. It's to represent to those people that the one true living God, Yahweh, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, wants you to receive what he gives, which is eternal life. He wants you to receive forgiveness of sin. He wants you to forgive or to, to receive the peace and the salvation that he offers. But you have to respond to him. You, you can't just go up there and say, well, I believe that. I believe it. There are people that believed in the Bible. The demons believe. It's not just having an intellectual assent about it. It's receiving it and receiving him. Not the facts about him, but receiving him. It's not just believing he died on the cross. It's believing in him. He's alive. He rules as your king, as your as your Lord. He is Savior and Lord. And if you've never done that, there's no fancy prayer required. You just tell him. Just tell him. Don't let this day end without saying, God, man, I've blown my life. I've made so many mistakes. But today, today, I want that to change. I want to turn from leading my own life to let you lead me. And I'm surrendering myself to you into your care. I believe in Jesus and I'm receiving him today as my Lord and Savior. Just tell him before the day ends. Yep. Uh, That's a good way to end it. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening